The first one is Walmart. Help people around the world to save money with better. Anytime, anywhere, you can get a online and device. Probably because it doesn't save. I think that's the most popular store to the company at that store. Nordstrom is a great provider of best with the best possible. And it's good data every day. That's something that people could actually keep for their company. Hallmark is just a more and more clear place by helping people laugh. Understand the Hallmark cards, right? They do that. You need to say, love you, I'm calling you, I wish you well, for the card is all out of life. That's what they're trying to do. Google says the ordinance of this is which I say, my words are really up on the time to do it. And if you're wrong with that, I don't know if you're not doing it. Anything else like that, the real Google, that's what Anybody else? I thought that is a good mission statement. It's been said that Jesus had a mission statement. Anybody want to take a guess at what that was? You don't have to say it out loud. I'm just kind of curious, think in your mind. What what could possibly be Jesus's mission statement? And here's here's what is generally thought of to be his mission statement. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And you think Jesus did that pretty well, right? Jesus went and he made disciples. He, he taught the people and he had disciples. And he's expecting, this is exactly what I have in mind for the disciples to do. You're supposed to go out and make more disciples. You're supposed to baptize them. You're supposed to teach them and help them to live for me the way that I taught you to live for me. Jesus did that pretty well. You know, we could use that for our church's mission statement. And there are churches who use that. If you just Google church's mission statement, you can come across the very the words of, of, that are used there. And that's part of what is involved in our mission statement that Darren Berkeley so carefully crafted for us. And the deacon board said, yes, we like that mission statement. We're going to say this is the mission statement of our church. Now, if you say, you know what, uh, without, we'll look at that in a minute, but if you say, you know what, I don't really like any man-made mission statements for a church, that's okay. You say, I can word it differently, Josh, that's okay too. But everything that is involved in our mission statement is from the scriptures. So whether you say I like it or not, we all need to put it into practice because it's, it's what you find in the scriptures. If you take out your bulletin, everybody who got the, the last or got a bulletin, it has our mission statement on the back. Uh, forget the, the, the picture about the pizza being ordered and sent to the guy at the church because the pastor's talking too long. Uh, but the mission statement says, to live a godly life that others may see Jesus' light shining through us, giving us the opportunity to witness to them his love for us. That's our mission statement, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. I want to break it down a little bit uh, to see kind of why did, we get these, why did we get this mission statement, where does it come from, and how, what does it mean in our life? The message title is Mission Possible. Anybody want to take a guess why? Because it's possible. When companies come up with these mission statements, they try to give something that's achievable, that's measurable, that you can look and say, okay, I can do these things because that's the goal of, of our mission. This mission is something that everybody can do. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or the pastor or a Sunday school teacher. Everybody is called to and supposed to live a godly life. Others will see a difference 
uh, they'll see Jesus' light shining through us, and it will give us the opportunity to share Christ with them. So that is our mission statement. That's what we're going to be looking at. Um, let me pray first again and ask God's blessing on this. God, I thank you for the mission set you set before us, God. I know they're all going to look a little different. Dan's retired, and he's going to talk to everybody he can about you. Not everybody's in that world. Some people, kids are in school. Some people are working out with the ranchers, God. But you've given us all the same call to be a light and an example to the people around us. God, I know that's scary. I know that's going to be hard for people because of the, the situations that they're in. But I pray that you would help each of us to fulfill the mission of being a disciple and of sharing your gospel with people as we have opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the very first thing says to live a godly life. Now, I'm going to tell you that I uh, am very ignorant when it comes to grammar. Okay, I don't know much about grammar. I know like a pronoun. I think adverbs and verbs a little bit. I think to live, is it, living is an action word. Anybody want to agree with that or disagree? It's something that you're supposed to do. If I'm going to live, I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to do it all the time. It's, a, it's something that you consistently do. Whatever you say I'm going to live to do, that's what I'm going to do all the time. In this case, it says to live a godly life. Not just on Sundays, not just when I'm within these walls or just with my family or just with my friends, but I'm supposed to live a godly life, to have a Godward attitude, to do that which is well-pleasing to Him, to God. Actively, all the time. That means anywhere, any place, any time, and as much as I possibly can. The verse that we use to get this part of the, the statement we find in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And it's up there. If you would like to look up there, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So can anybody tell me what this is? What this is? Tristan? You know what? I always appreciate Tristan. I just want you to know that because if I ever ask a question, Tristan is the one who is ready to answer it. So thank you. Yes, obviously, it's a flashlight. A flashlight was made to shine. What else can a flashlight do besides shine? Nothing. I mean, you can use it for different things. You can use it to prop open a, a door or a window. You can use it as a weapon if you need to. But it wasn't made to do anything else. It is just made to shine. That means your flashlight cannot cook for you. It cannot make you feel better. It cannot clean your room. All it can do is what it was made to do, and that is to shine. I, I realize that is not anything profound, but you guys understand. When you walk into a room, you flip the light switch. Uh, when the power goes out, when guys are working underneath their car and they're trying to see under there, you get a flashlight or some kind of big light that shines to show you things that you have not seen before or so that you can see what you need to see. You know, there's something really interesting about a light, like a flashlight. A flashlight never says, you know what, I'd shine, but it is too dark in here. I am not going to shine. It never decides to be intermittent. I know they do that, but it doesn't decide on its own, I'm going to shine and not shine. Uh, it, never, it never decides that it's not going to shine at all. I mean, the light bulb burns out, the battery dies, you drop it in water and it quits working, but on its own, it never decides to quit working. A flashlight or any kind of light will shine as bright as it can, as long as it can, anywhere it can. 
If you go outside in the middle of July, it's 95 degrees and the sun is blazing down, you put out that flashlight, guess what it's going to do? It's going to shine as best as it possibly can. It doesn't compare with what's there, but it's going to do the very best job it can to shine. It says, you are the light of the world. You who are sitting in the pew today, which I applaud and I appreciate and I love every bit of it. You who are sitting in the pew, you are the light of the world. Everybody around the world who says, I'm, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, they are exactly the same, Keegan. They're the light of the world. It doesn't matter. But too often, we don't act like the light. We act like the person who has control of the light. I, I act like the guy who walks into the room and flips the light on and off. I act like it's too bright in here, so I'm going to dim the, the little dimmer switch so it's more romantic or anything like that, or so it's so bright. We act like the person who decides, am I going to shine or am I not going to shine? There's no option given there for that. It just says, you are the light of the world. Jesus flipped that switch, and it is supposed to be shining all the time, everywhere that you go. To be the light is to share Jesus, to share his love, and to share his salvation through your words and your actions. You guys have always seen, have already seen this, right? WWJD, what does that mean? What would Jesus do? WWJS, what does that mean? What would Jesus say? Yeah, it's, it's nothing profound, but it's, well, that's what we need to do. Before we do something, we need to think, well, how would Jesus handle this? How, what would he do, and what would he say? Everywhere you go, your light is supposed to be shining like the city on a hill. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When it's dark outside, I remember doing this uh, several months ago with little kids. We had a big light, or a big city, all lit up in the dark, and you can't help but see it. Because that's what it was made to do, and compared to the dark, it's going to shine out and stand out as much as possible. That's not just for the pastor. That's not just for the missionary. That's not just for the Sunday school teacher or the people who are paid to do it. That's something that each person is called to do. Now, there's a great big world out there, right? And we're not all going to go to the great big parts of the same big world. Uh, I think of the kids who go to school. They have a much different kind of world than I do. I think the ranchers have a different part of the world. I think of the people who work in the school, the people who work in the oil field, the retired people. They have a whole different world than what everybody else is going to have. In some points, they might overlap a little bit, but it's a completely, almost independent world. So when you kids, when you go to school, you need to show Jesus love through your attitudes and your actions. So that means when you are at school, when the kids are all playing on the recess, and there's some kid who wants to play, who doesn't get to play, you can say, you know what, little Tate, little Johnny, you, why don't you come join us? And that's going to mean a whole lot to this one kid who hasn't been able to play before. That's an easy way to shine your light. Or you can do with even a heart and say, you know what, looks like uh, Leslie doesn't get a play today. I'm going to go join her. You are going to be shining your light. You're going to be doing what would Jesus do? That's how he would handle that situation. Or if you're in the locker room during a basketball practice and all the, the jokes start coming out and you're like, you know, this joke doesn't seem like it's going the right direction. You, you, you either say, you know what, I'm not listening to this joke, or you walk away, because that's what Jesus would do. You would, we need to let, live a godly life through our actions and our words. That might be challenging to do, but that's the right thing to do. 
when we go to work, when we're sitting in our lunchroom or we're sitting in a parking lot and we're all frustrated because we just got more work or because we don't like some, something the boss handed down to us, you know, it's easy to get into that gossiping, that slandering that boss or a, a coworker because of something that they did. We need to live a godly life and say, I'm not going to be a part of that or I'm going to walk away or we shouldn't do that kind of thing. But we need to show Jesus love and salvation through our attitude or, or through our actions and our words. At the marketplace, when you go into uh, rentals to go grocery shopping or to pick up ice cream on your way home and the cashier is a little mouthy or they're slow or they're rude or they mess up your order and it's frustrating, we need to show the love of Jesus to those people. We need to let our little light shine at that point. So instead of like having the attitude right back at them, we need to bite our tongues. Take a deep breath. We need to stay calm and say, okay, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle the situation? You know what? There's pictures for all of these. Okay, at the, at the football field, when the ref makes a really bad call, and it's obvious to everybody, or the other team is taunting us while we're losing, how do we want to respond to that? We want to yell at the referee. We want to yell at the coach. We want to complain about everything. That's, that's natural. I've been there. You know, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody else and I'm not pointing back at myself because I understand the frustration. But if we're going to live a godly life, we're not going to handle it that way. We're going to pray for the referee. <laughs> Please let him get it right. You know, we're going to step away from that conversation if we're going to let the love of Jesus shine through us in that situation. At home, where you show your true colors, you're going to live a godly life there as well. I know that's the place where, uh, I know in the mornings I'm at my worst because I'm not a morning person, you know, and it's like if I'm, my wife is smiling because she knows. She's a morning person, I'm not. Uh, but it's like I have to choose to let my light shine. I have to choose to live a godly life even at that moment. Uh, when, when my attitude wants to fly, I have to bite my tongue. I have to choose to do something different. Uh, and the last one I have here is in your head. We have to make sure we're get, living a godly life in our head. There's this very important verse in the Bible that says, out of the overflow of the heart that mouth, the mouth speaks. So whatever I spend my time thinking about or dwelling on is going to come out in my actions. It's going to come out in my attitudes. It's going to come out in the things that I say. So I need to make sure I'm living a godly life there as well. You know, uh, the goal is, I mean, the, one, the, the byproduct of this is others are going to see a difference in you. You know, uh, others are going to see Jesus' light shining through you. Like it or not, you are a walking billboard. You know, I think about uh, the trucks that drive down the road and say, how's my driving? They have that on there to make sure that those drivers remember that, hey, people are paying attention to this, and they're going to let us know if you're not doing a good job. The kids who run around South Dakota with their music fest Plevna shirts on are a walking billboard for this school. I mean, our, our town looks pretty good right now because of the musical talents that they have. And even Baker, too, because there's kids from Baker that went there. But we look pretty good because of that. But if they're, if they're running around and uh, knocking people over or they're being rude or they're stealing from the gift shop, that's going to make us look bad. Uh, the same thing works is you're a Christian. People know you go to church. People may have seen you pray. You may have invited people to church, and all of a sudden they know that you can count yourself a Christian. You are a walking billboard. 
You're, you're a walking billboard that's going to make me look good or make me look bad. I'm a walking billboard that's going to make you look good or make you look bad. We all get kind of lumped into the same group together. We all need to be a bright, shining light together because we are a walking billboard. And it's not even so much about us. We're a walking billboard about Jesus. Are we making him look good or are we making him look bad based off the way that we are living our lives? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He chose you to be his mouthpiece. He didn't choose somebody else. I mean, in the way he did choose somebody else, but he's expecting you to be the mouthpiece to your world. He's expecting you to be the light, the example to the people that you come across. That's, that's the way it works. We are to be like him in everything that we do and everything that we say. We're, we need to live godly lives that others will see a difference in, in us. And that will just naturally give us the opportunity to share Christ with them. We have to live it out. Here's an example. Uh, the opportunities that show up aren't always going to be easy opportunities to show the love of Jesus. Uh, it says, But I tell you, love your enemies because for those who persecute you. Anybody say, boy, I just can't wait till the next time I have that opportunity. Right? We don't want that. We think, yeah, you need to do this and you need to do this. But when it comes to me, I'm ready to fight it out. Right? I'm not interested in, in turning the other cheek. I'm not interested in loving my enemies. But if you do you'll be obviously different. You know, if I'm having a confrontation with somebody and they're, they're slandering me and they're bad-mouthing me and I get my golden opportunity to let everybody else know and I don't, that's going to show a difference. That person's going to say, you know what, Josh didn't do that back to me. Everybody else is watching and saying, I can't believe you just took that, but you just kept it to yourself, that you didn't go spread it everywhere. And that's going to be a walking testimony that there is something different about me because I did not do that. Is that easy? You better believe it's not easy. You slander me, I want to give it back to you. You punch me, I want to give it back. But the right thing to do is to not do that. People are watching. They will see a difference. Uh, the second one, Matthew 22, 39. Loving your neighbor as yourself. So that means when there's, uh, we let other people go first. You know, I, I think of the kids in Awana. I, I mentioned this before about these kids who all fight to get to the front of the line. We had our first night of Awana, and guess what those same kids were doing? Fighting to get to the front of the line. What difference do you think it might make if they say, okay, you go ahead, you go first, I'll go to the back of the line. That kid is probably not going to put all this together and think, wow, you're loving your neighbor, but he's going to recognize at some point that there's something different. You're letting me go first. You're letting me have the bigger cookie, the bigger piece of cake. And you're loving your neighbor when you choose to stop and help them. Uh, that's another example. Or, or you, stop, you stop to give them a hand with a project, whether it's yard work or whether they're working on a car or mechanical, or even if you're just willing to sit and listen to them. You're, you're being a testimony. You're being a light. You're making a difference. And people will see, wow, Nicole was willing to stop and listen to me. When these three other people I tried to talk to did not give a care, there must be, there's, it's an opportunity to be a witness of what would Jesus do in that same kind of situation. You know, people are, are interested in, in having people care about them. You know, there's a point uh, where you, you just got to get involved in people's lives. And it, it speaks volumes. You know, when I was growing up, uh, anybody ever heard of Latter-day Saints? When I was a kid, I was like seven years old. I remember watching this commercial about all these people who are helping people. And I thought, man, Latter-day Saints, man, that's exactly us. 
Because we're, they, they, they say they believe in God and they're doing all these things. And I even had a conversation with Steve about this on, on Wednesday discussing, you know what? That's exactly what we need to be doing. We can take that example because when we, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where you meet these people, sometimes they'll come by and say, hey, how can I help you? I was roofing my house in Davenport. There was stuff everywhere. These guys come in suits almost, and they're asking, how can we help you? Well, right there. <laughs> I didn't do that to them. But I bet they would have started doing that because they're showing you that they love you. And it's giving an opportunity to share what they believe. And we need to be willing to do the same for others, for our coworkers, for our fellow students, for our neighbors. We need to get involved in their lives. We need to show what Jesus would do, and it will give us an opportunity to reach into their lives and tell them the message of salvation. And it's the greatest thing almost that you can do to do that. But there's still a point where you've got to do like Dan does, and you've got to open your mouth, and you've got to say something. Because you could be the nicest person in the world who does everything for everybody, but there's still a point where you have to open your mouth. In Romans 10, verses 13 to 14, it, it, it's kind of a good re, uh, reminder about this, because a light uh, kind of works the same way. If, if, you're not, if your light switch is not turned on, people are not going to see this. If the message is not shared, people are not going to know this. It says, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a guarantee. Everybody who gets out there who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Verse 14 says, how can they call on the one of whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? You've got to let your light shine. You've got to show it by your deeds. You've got to let your light shine. You've got to open your mouth and tell people this message. Because otherwise they are not going to know. You are called to be the light of the world. You are called to live a godly life. There is no option to say, no thanks, I'm not comfortable with it. No thanks, I, it's too dark in here. I, it's going to be hard. The world is going to hate it. The world hates the darkness because the light is showing them, it convicts them. No, I shouldn't be doing this. No, I shouldn't be saying this. I should be doing something different with my life. The, the darkness isn't going to like it, but it's something that we need to do. But guess what? Here's, here's the greatest part. Um, not quite the greatest part. Uh, Galatians 2.20. It's, okay, it kind of is, okay? Because here's it is. It's your choice. It's your choice if you're going to do this. Uh, it says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what we're called to do. Jesus died on the cross. He said, okay, I'm, I'm going to pay for the sins of this world so that they can have salvation. We're supposed to crucify ourselves to those same kinds of things and say, I'm going to live for him. But it's your choice. Nobody's going to make you do this. Just like kids, when you move out of the house, when you, you get your first weekend away from home, I don't think your parents are going to call and say, Caleb, you better go to church. Did you go to church today? No, because you are on your own. You are a free person now. It's your choice whether or not you're going to do this. But it's important that... Uh, so yeah, it's your choice. If you'd like to go to school tomorrow, and you'd like to cheat on your test, or you'd like to uh, complain about the, the teachers, or you'd like to listen to that joke, it's your choice. You're, you're your own person. You have that freedom. Uh, if you want to go to school tomorrow and, and tell your boss off, or you want to tell the person on the other side of the, the cash register what you're really thinking since they told you what they're thinking, that's your choice. Um, 
It all comes down to what you, you want to do. You know what you're called to do, but nobody's going to make you. Jesus isn't going to stand by you with the back, his hand on the back of your neck, say, go here, say this, and do that. You're free, and you get to do whatever you want. But it's important that we do this consistently, that we are not an intermittent flashlight. We're bright all the time. Anybody ever been in the dark with a flashlight that's not really working? How many people hang on to that flashlight? We, we, we change the light bulb, we change the batteries, we find a real flashlight. Because that's what we want to use. And people need to see a consistent light. Everywhere you go, anytime, any place, all the time, as bright as you can be. That's a very big challenge to try to do, but that's what we're called to do. And if we're going to be this light, we need to be, it needs to be complete. It needs to be every area of my life. I need to make sure while I'm at home that I'm living a godly life. When I'm at church, I'm living a godly life. When I get out on the basketball court, when I get out into the, the ranch with just one or two people, I'm living a godly life. It's everywhere. There's no breaks. There's no, okay, we're going to turn off the switch because I'm with these friends, because I'm at this company, because I'm at this restaurant. That light switch needs to stay on, and it needs to be bright all the time. This is a mission that is possible. It is possible to, to keep your light on almost all the time. I mean, I know we're going to fall, stumble. I know we're going to fail. But we can live a godly life. This isn't that, it is, it is very hard, but it is not too hard to where we say, you know what, it's just not worth it. It's important that we keep doing it consistently all the time. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Question number one is on a scale to 10, how bright are you? Are you a 7 or are you a 3? Are you brighter or are you dimmer? Because where you're at right now, it doesn't even matter. Because it's what you do when you walk out this door. The next time you have a conversation with somebody, how bright are you going to be? You're going to turn, turn that dimmer switch all the way to the max? They're going to say, you know what, it's going to get awful uncomfortable, so I'm going to dim it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm only going to sort of show it to people. Here's another question for you. How many of you would like to do a better job? You don't have to raise your hand. I will. I would like to do a better job. There are times where I, I do a really good job. And then there's times like this morning where I do a terrible job. Because I, am, I, I, just, I don't like the morning, even though I should. You know, it's like I want to do a better job of letting my light shine. And if you feel that same way, I'm just going to pray and say, God, help us all. Anybody in here who says, I need to do a better job of letting my light shine, please show me when I dimmed it down. Please show me when it's not even on. Remind me that I need to keep that on and need to be an example to people so that I can have the opportunity to share Christ with them. It's possible. God's going to help you. You are the light of the world. Shine as bright as you can, anywhere you can, for as long as you can. And share the love of Jesus in everything you say and everything you do. Let's pray. Dear God, you are the brightest light. You are the greatest example of what true love is, of what a godly life looks like. God, you know the times you can look back at my life and, and see where my light has been dimmed and where it's been bright. And God, I am sorry that I am not always a bright light. God, I, I imagine there's people in here who feel the same way. And so, God, I pray for everybody in here who says, you know what, God, my light's not always been as bright as it should have been. And I just pray that you would help me to live with a brighter light. God, please remind me when I'm not. Gently, but please remind me when my light switches off, when nobody would have any idea that I was living a Godly life. Please help me do it with boldness. 
and openness, and please give me the opportunity to share Christ with everybody I come in contact with through my words and my actions. I pray this in Jesus' name.